Welcome to your go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wait For It Podcast. I'm your co-host, Phil Smith, aka Phil the Filipino, and welcome to a brand new edition of the Amity Phil Horror. Thank you all so much for your support throughout the series. I'd really, really enjoy being able to have an outlet to talk about some of these things, and it seems like you guys do as well. If you are brand new to the podcast, the Amity Phil Horror is the opportunity for me to talk about all things paranormal and horror related, as you can see in the title. I have a fascination when it comes to things such as conspiracy theories, aliens, cryptids, and the paranormal. And I'm revisiting short stories because I did this back in October for Halloween, and it got a lot of really good feedback, and I want to continue to try and get a little better at narration, so I'm going to revisit that here today. If you're not necessarily interested in hearing any creepy stories, not a problem. Make sure to check out the rest of our library. I promise there's something here for everyone. But at the same time, I also promise that you'll probably have a pretty good time. For all of our returning listeners, welcome back. Thank you all so much for the support here on the show. We truly could not do this without you. But with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into it here. I will take this opportunity to give you a trigger warning. There are a couple stories that do depict physical and emotional abuse. So if you feel that will be a trigger for you, you may want to skip this episode. I got about six stories here, so let's go ahead and get right into it. This first story is called The Unrest Stop. I was driving across country with my mom and sister when I was 16 and my sister was 20. It was late, but we were well rested and still alert. We were driving along the interstate and needed gas and a bathroom break, so we stopped at the only rest stop in 200 miles. There was a van full of teenagers on a road trip at the gas station, as well as a small gray car parked at the pump in front of us with two young men standing still outside of it. When we got there, everything felt wrong. We'd been on the road for days and seen many rest stops at night and had never been afraid until then. My mom and sister went inside and I stayed in the car. I heard the teenagers say they were creeped out and couldn't get the pump to work, and they left in a hurry. I was watching the car in front of us and the two men had not moved at all. Not an inch. They weren't talking. They weren't on phones. They were just standing there. Still a stone. My sister and mom came running back out to the car, and when they got in, the two men slowly turned to look at us while not moving or pivoting the rest of their bodies, and I swear to fucking shit, we all saw the same thing. They had eyes dark as pitch and empty. Truly empty. Not black, not reflecting any light at all, just a void. We sped out of there and didn't stop until we were in the next city. The worst thing about the entire experience? We couldn't find the place on any map. We knew exactly which spot on the interstate to look, and we couldn't find it on Google Maps or any paper map we had. We even asked locals about the creepy gas station out on that stretch of road, and we only got confused looks. We've traveled on that interstate since, and there is no rest stop. This next story is titled, There's No Reason to Be Afraid. When my sister Betsy and I were kids, our family lived for a while in a charming old farmhouse. We loved exploring its dusty corners and climbing the apple tree in the backyard, but our favorite thing was the ghost. We called her mother because she seemed so kind and nurturing. 
Some mornings, Betsy and I would wake up, and on each of our nightstands, we'd find a cup that hadn't been there the night before. Mother had left them there, worried that we'd get thirsty during the night. She just wanted to take care of us. Among the house's original furnishings was an antique wooden chair, which we kept against the back of the wall of the living room. Whenever we were preoccupied watching TV or playing a game, Mother would inch that chair forward across the room towards us. Sometimes she managed to move it all the way to the center of the room. We always felt sad putting it back against the wall. Mother just wanted to be near us. Years later, long after we'd moved out, I found an old newspaper article about the farmhouse's original occupant, a widow. She'd murdered her two children by giving them each a cup of poisoned milk before bed. Then she'd hanged herself. The article included a photo of the farmhouse's living room with a woman's body hanging from a beam. Beneath her, knocked over, was that old wooden chair placed exactly in the center of the room. This next story is titled, The Accident. It was 1 a.m., and Guy Halverson sat in his dark living room. He hadn't moved for over an hour. The accident earlier that evening kept playing over and over in his mind. The light turned red, but he was in a hurry and accelerated. An orange blur came from his right, and in a split second there was a violent jolt, then the bicyclist rolled across his hood and fell out of sight on the pavement. Horns blared angrily and he panicked, stepping on the gas and screeching away from the chaos into the darkness, shaken and keeping an eye on his rearview mirror until he got home. Why did you run, you idiot? He'd never committed a crime before this and punished himself by imagining years in jail, his career gone, his family gone, his future gone. Why not just go to the police right now? You can afford a lawyer. Then someone tapped on the front door and his world suddenly crumbled away beneath him. They found me. There was nothing he could do but answer it. Running would only make matters worse. His body trembling, he got up, went to the door, and opened it. A police officer stood under the porch light. Mr. Halverson? Asked the grim officer. He let out a defeated sigh. <sighs> yes, let me... I'm terribly sorry, but I'm afraid I have some bad news. Your son's bike was struck by a hit-and-run driver this evening. He died at the scene. I'm very sorry for your loss. This next story is titled, Salami, Olives, Sausage. There was nothing special about the pizza place where I worked. It offered your run-of-the-mill dough, strategically covered in enough grease to trick your mind into thinking it actually tasted good. There was nothing glamorous about the job. I didn't get to make great discoveries or save lives, but it was a job that paid the bills. <sighs> bills. My rent was due tomorrow. My gut clenched, reminding me of my account balance. My tips tonight would determine if I would be paying it on time or not. I barely heard the screen chime as an online order came in. One small pizza with salami, olives, and sausages. Simple enough, I thought. I created the artery-killing monster and gave it to the delivery driver, Carl. He glanced down at the address and scoffed. 19th South Street? That's like two blocks away. Lazy bastard couldn't just walk over for it. Hey, delivery gives better tips. Remember, you owe me half. I said and wondered if the desperation came through my voice. Carl turned and waved a hand in the air like a child waving off a nagging mother trying to remind her son to wash behind his ears. He wasn't gone ten minutes before he was back, pizza box still in hand. Lazy bastard didn't even open the door. I tried calling, no answer. Want to split it? I eyed the pizza, as sick as I was of it. I had barely eaten today. Yeah, sure. What was on it? Uh, salami, olives, and sausages. 
Yeah, never mind. It's all yours. I shrugged and broke the seal in the box. It was a sticker that promised and lied about using only fresh ingredients. I took a bite into the first piece. It was salty, the toppings an overwhelming choice. It felt good in my stomach, filling me up more than my lunch of ramen had. As I walked home that night, the pizza wasn't setting quite as well as it has been. Too much junk, I told myself. Not enough food. My stomach turned even harder when I saw the flashing lights ahead of me. Five police cars and an ambulance in front of a small house. My walking slowed as I got closer. A group of people had gathered around the police tape, warded off by the force field of yellow and black lines. I walked to the nearest group of people and motioned towards the house with a nod of my head, and an old lady near me sighed. Boyfriend held his girlfriend hostage inside, snapped and killed her when she tried to escape. God rest her soul, she was just a young thing. I looked back at the crime scene, noticing the house number beneath a smear of blood. My breath caught on my throat, and then I struggled not to choke. My eyes watered. 19 South Street. The same house that had ordered the pizza. Salami. Olives. Sausage. This next story is titled, How to Scare Dad. My father is the scariest man I've ever known, and when armed with a bottle of beer, he reaches nightmare levels. Just the crackle of his belt or rise in his voice was enough to make me shake like a leaf. One night, while I struggled to get comfortable in bed from the bruises and sounds of my mom's crying, I hatched an ingenious idea to stop the pain and suffering. Scare dad. Clearly, he just didn't know how his actions made us feel. But if I scared him like he scared us, maybe then he would change his ways. I tried anything I could think of to produce some fright and scare dad straight. I would hide and jump out at him, but he didn't even flinch. I placed a toy snake in the toilet but that only resulted in a beating for me. Finally, I thought of destroying his alcohol. I know that people become scared when they lose something they love. So one by one, I poured my dad's bottles down the drain and eagerly awaited his reaction. I knew that this would be the thing to scare him. That night, I remember my father discovering the empty bottles and becoming angrier than I've ever seen him. I remember him wrecking the house. I remember him storming into my room. I remember his hands around my neck and me seeing black. Luckily, my planning and hard work that night paid off, though. Today, my father lives in a constant state of fear. I'm always watching him, how timid and nervous he is at all times. Whenever I pay him a visit, his complexion turns a pasty white, his body shivers like I used to, and he breaks into a cold sweat. I scared my father so good. You would think he saw a ghost. And this final story is titled, Someone Broke Into Our Home. It was every family's nightmare. My wife and I had the day off work, and we had taken our son out for lunch and some family bonding time. But as we approached our home, something felt off. I had a growing sense of dread the closer we got. As our house came into view, I could see that the front door was wide open. Someone had broken into our home. I told my family to wait outside in case the intruder was still inside. They obliged, and I slowly and silently made my way through our house. As I stepped into the living room, I saw broken furniture, nothing in its correct place, just utter chaos. Was this person looking for something? Did they have malicious intent? Why our home? Why us? Next, I walked into our kitchen. The fridge had been emptied. Dishes and food were thrown all over the room. What kind of person had broken into our home? A homeless person who just needed food? 
If so, why had they destroyed the living room? That's when I heard it. Footsteps in the bedroom. The intruder was still in our house. I took a brief moment to be grateful that I had asked my wife and son to wait outside. It was impossible to decipher this person's motive so far, but I was about to come face to face with the person that forcefully entered our home, and I would demand answers. I crept toward the bedroom slowly, slowly. I approached the door and focused on the sliver of light slipping through the crack. I could see faint shadows dancing in the light. I raised my hand, placed it against the door, and took a deep breath, readying myself for whatever may be on the other side. I pushed the door open and stepped through the threshold with authority. I could not believe my eyes. I actually rubbed my hands over them, thinking I was imagining things. There, in my son's bed, was a young girl with curly blonde hair. She stared at me with wide eyes. She must have been terrified. I must have been a few feet taller and at least a hundred pounds heavier than her. I must have been a sight to see for that little girl, but she should have considered that before breaking into my home. I called my wife and son to see what I found. Is that a human, Papa? Why, yes it is, baby bear. That's dinner. All right, everybody, and I hope you enjoyed those. And if you have been enjoying them, let me know. I'll continue to locate stories on Reddit and various other places of the internet because I really, really enjoy doing this. Links to the sources of these stories are all included in the show notes. And again, thank you for allowing me to dive into some of the weird shit that I'm into. We're closing out this month here in the podcast very strong. Monday's episode of The Game Room Where It Happens, Eric and I will be talking about A Way Out which is the fantastic co-op game made by Hazelight Studios. So make sure you check out that. We also had our really fun episode of Up High, Down Low for Jurassic Park and Jurassic World recently. As Jurassic World Dominion is right around the corner, that's a really fun episode to check out. And we will be releasing our schedule for our June episodes very, very soon. Don't forget, you can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, just to name a few. If you do find yourself listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a huge favor and leave us a five-star review. Make sure to check the show notes for our YouTube link for all of our live streams. And you can find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Wait For It Podcast and on Twitter at Wait For It Pod. But thank you for joining me for this month's episode of the Amity Phil Horror. My name is Phil Smith, aka Phil the Filipino. Do not forget, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. And all you have to do is wait for it. So... I heard you're looking for a go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is... Wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast.